Libya's attack was suicidal. Max Verstappen, you are a race winner. You like my pace? You like it? Hello and welcome to Back of the Grid, the podcast where we don't normally smash up each other's equipment at the end of the day's work. <laughs> um, I'm Stuart Greenwood and I'm joined as usual by Tom King. Hello. And Chris Evans. Hello, hello. Uh, and this weekend it has been the Malaysian Grand Prix and uh, we're here to talk all about that. So let's jump right in, shall we? The last Malaysian Grand Prix. The, the, yeah, the final Malaysia Grand Prix is the official term. It is, yeah, that that caught me out. I was using the wrong hashtag all weekend. Yeah, yeah I had a couple of moments of using Malaysian GP too. Yeah. yeah. It's, it seems a bit ridiculous to set to end, to change it at the very last race, doesn't it? But there you go. It's Formula 1 oh, for well. you. Um, practice 1 saw Pierre Gasly make his debut. Um, yeah, that, that all happened after the previous episode, didn't it? Yeah, yeah, that, that was, just came out of nowhere. Cla- didn't classic it? bit of news dropping the day after we record. Yeah, literally, we post the podcast and then that happens. Um, not many cars ran in uh, Q1 because it was a wet session and teams wanted to, because of the weather that we often get at Malaysia, with it often being a wet race, the t- a lot of the teams elected not to do any running because they wanted to save the tyres for the race. Um, it's, not great for the thousands of fans in attendance, is it? It's such a dumb situation. It's like if if it's a wet practice and it's going to be a dry race, they don't bother running because they're not going to get anything useful from it. Yeah. And if it's a wet practice and it's going to be a wet race, they don't bother running to save their wet tyres. So, and surely way, the you... easy solution to that is to provide a, a larger um, wet allocation when the the practices become wet and hold them back, and then. If the practice sessions go wet, the tyres that they would normally give them for dry testing that they have back, surely do the same thing with a wet set? You think that could do something like that? I mean, I know they try not to take any more tyres around the world than they absolutely have to, because it's obviously a big undertaking shipping. though, isn't it? Yeah, you'd expect somewhere. Like, surely certain races you could look at history yeah. and say, we've had a few... Monsoons yeah. here. Let's take a exactly. few more tires. If they can ride Japan, yeah, exactly. Yeah. You take some extra wets there, in my opinion, in case there is a wet practice. The only thing I think they would argue against taking extra equipment to places is just the logistical effort and cost that it would would involve in a time where we're trying to cut costs. Yeah, definitely. Sort of, it's this. It's quite an easy area where they can slash quite big chunks of money off the price of getting around. Mm. So if you've got to lug those extra tyres around, but then if it's a one-off, then you know maybe it shouldn't be a problem so much. I don't know. And I think for the money the fans are paying, it's probably worth that extra expense. Yeah, and mention the fans as well. It's it was a really decent crowd there this weekend, wasn't it? Yeah, you could actually hear the crowd in Malaysia for once. Yeah, it's it's historically been one of the tracks where there's been a minimal number of people actually there, but. I don't know if it's just because it to be there by Patronus. <laughs> yeah, quite possibly. Yeah. I don't know if it's just because it's it was the last one. Some people like mm-hmm. I'll go on, then I'll go along to one while it's still here. But uh, yeah, yeah, shame to see it go. Yeah, it's a shame. It's always made good races as well. It's it has made yeah. some some interesting. You know, we've had a few that have sort of not even started properly because of the weather, <laughs> which again is probably maybe maybe a better thing would be to do would be to just move it to a different part of the season because it's. Well, it's already been moved though once, hasn't it? If you think about it, it used to be near the beginning of the year. 
Yeah, it did, point. didn't it, actually? Yeah, that's true. And he, he's been moved in recent years to here to try and avoid some of that rain. And yeah. I think it's just a very rainy weather. place, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, anyway, enough about tyres and rain. Um, practice two, uh, Grosjean had a, a, a very scary accident. Um, there was a, a drain cover on the apex of one of the, uh, one of the turns, I think, in Sector 3, was it? Yeah, it was the fast right-hander, I right. think. Yeah, Going down right towards yeah. the sharp right. Yeah, so Bottas ran over the drain, then Raikkonen ran over it again, and it came even looser. And then it's by the time Raikkonen had run over it, it was sort of sticking up. And then Grosjean hits it full-on with his right rear, and it just explodes and sends him barreling into the, into the walls. Um if he'd been any further over to the right, I'd dread to think what would happen to the car. Yeah, that's just, that was a scary bit as as I watched it back, thinking if he had been any further across, that could have been the the underside and the floor of the car. And when you think about how low a driver is in that car, that yeah. Yeah, oh, could have could have got nasty. Yeah, that would have been a uh, a life changing injury. I think. Mm. Um, did you see did the you... size of the thing when they? pulled it out of the when, when they recovered it the uh, cover. i think i saw one picture of it yeah it was a pretty it's like a foot long significant about, bit of metal yeah yeah and it's quite wide as well and it was bent it was it was still in one piece but it was all bent up so yeah Big old no way. yeah did you see um f1 i think it was on the youtube channel put up another video from the drivers meeting right yes i haven't had a chance to watch that yet the drivers briefing yeah, so yeah, it's it's an interesting watch. Part part of it is um, who is it that brings it up? I can't remember which driver it was, but basically, um, throws Perez under the bus for uh, cutting turn one and gaining a place or two in uh, Singapore. Um, and Perez is like, no, and then Butts is like, yeah, it was me. He passed me. I lost a place and nothing happened. And there, uh, Charlie Whiting sort of goes, oh well, I think in the chaos, no one knows that. So. You've got away with that one, Sergio. Um, <laughs> but the other interesting thing was uh, they were talking about the drain cover thing and kind of what they were doing to check all the rest of them and stuff. Uh, and Lewis Hamilton said, it's none of my business, but out of interest, in a situation like that, that's obviously smashed that car to pieces, who pays for that? Because obviously you've caused hast like thousands and thousands of dollars worth of damage there um and charlie just said um it's it's something that uh gunter steiner from Haas has already come and spoke to us about um and i think it's a situation for the team and the circuit to discuss so it sounds like in that situation the circuit owners who should have had that thing welded down properly will end up paying Haas for at least some of their yeah damage to their was... car it was half a million's worth of damage, I think. Is that what it was? In the end. Yeah, yeah. Because it was all four corners, pretty much. So yeah, I it was, think was yeah by the time it hit the wall, as a consequence of the accident. Yeah, there's not much left. The initial was, drain cover might not have done that much damage, but by the time he's been in the wall and, and like you say, knocked all four corners off, it's um, it's an expensive accident. Yeah, and a, and a very scary one. Um, we've got 17 Gs, apparently. Oh, that's a oh. lot, isn't it? Oof, he'd be bruised to be feeling yeah. that one today. Um, a new speech clip has, has surfaced from uh, from this event. Do we have it? 
I don't have the actual clip yet, no, but it was Thomas Austin Morgan who tweeted us and basically said, because we have the little bits of um, audio from the previous season on the start of the show over the music, he was suggesting one for next time, which is um, Grosjean saying, I just lost a f***ing tyre, mate. <laughs> Ooh, that's, a, that's a swear word. That's Beep. a bleep. Don't worry, that's a bleeping post. It's fine. Uh, Grosjean lost a jeffing tyre. Um, <laughs> and in practice three, Raikkonen went quickest after mm. sort of a, a couple of like practice two it was a fairly average session, and then obviously practice three is when everything comes alive. So Ferrari were quickest with Raikkonen, but Vettel had an engine problem, which led to a precautionary change in inverted commas. Um, That's always code for components. oh god, oh god, oh god, it's broken. What are we going to do? Yeah, yeah. Which leads us to qualifying where Vettel was out in Q1 due to a turbo issue. So the precautionary change wasn't precautionary enough, it would appear. Yeah, that clearly, um, I mean, it sort of sounds like it was a rush job to get it ready. And Yeah. yeah. It, it turned out it was um, some kind of valve that had to do with the turbo that wasn't feeding air back into the turbo properly, I think, or something oh, like that. Right. It wasn't the turbo itself that went, so I don't think he's going to have to... None of the components are broken, so it's not one of the engine components anyway. He took a lot of penalty in the first place because of having the change after P3. Uh, Because if you actually look at the grid lineup, even though he started at the back for not setting a time, he actually was officially docked 20 places as well for, um, for changes to the car. Yeah, I think that was after qualifying, though, after he... Yeah. I think after he... Uh, didn't qualify they just opened up a new engine took the penalty yeah, yeah, and yeah. then I, th- I think they then yeah. packed that engine back in its box and carried on with the engine he was going to do quality with I think ah really I didn't know I they'd think. done that I thought they, well I thought they'd put him on a, a brand new engine because for him to work his way through the way he did maybe it was only certain components and I might be wrong on that yeah I suppose you would. I mean, it makes sense to unpack them and then pack them away again. I can, yeah. I can see the logic to that. It's a silly thing that they're even allowed to do it. Yeah, it really is. It, 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 it's the rules, so they can do it. Um, yeah, so in, so Vettel doesn't run in qualifying, turbo issue, uh, takes all his components, and then Hamilton beats Raikkonen to pole by a whisker by about half a tenth, wasn't it? It was not yeah, much. it was very much one of those laps where... It was Hamilton that got the pole, not the car. Because definitely that Mercedes had been struggling all weekend, and that lap just came out of nowhere. I, I think yeah. by like Q two, everyone had written them off being on the front row. To be honest, like yeah, I didn't think they'd even be on the second row. No, I, it was I, looking I like they'd been so slow. Ferraris and Red Bulls in the top four, wasn't it? Yeah, we had a message in from Craig Mitchell about that as well, saying. Did we think that Mercedes were sandbagging? This was obviously on Friday during practices and stuff like that, yeah. and Saturday morning, and it was just saying, did we think Mercedes were sandbagging and they'd come good in quali? And I think that lap illustrated by the difference between Hamilton and Bottas, and then obviously how narrowly he beat Raikkonen, probably shows that the issues that they were claiming they had were genuine, yeah. and they only just scraped through that realistically. Yeah, I think so. Bottas has been consistently half a second down on Hamilton as well these last few mm. races, yeah. at least half a second down. Um, so I think definitely that was Hamilton getting a lot more out of the car than Hamilton what being the car Hamilton. had. Yeah, Hamilton being Hamilton, like you say. 
Um, also, both McLarens made it into the top ten. Um, yeah, that was unexpected. Especially on a track with two very long straights mm. as well. Uh, Van Dorn in yeah. seventh, Alonso tenth. Toro Rosso rubbing their hands together seeing that, I imagine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And a few questions being asked probably at McLaren, I would have thought, at this late stage. But then apparently they're not having any new bits put on until that... They're going to do one big, one more big update, and then that's it. Yeah, so yeah. The equipment they're running this weekend was the same as they've had for a, a little while now. So I don't know where that pace has come from. Maybe I they haven't looked at the sectors. Up. Well, I haven't looked at the sectors specifically, but there are a lot of fast sweeping corners yeah. in the middle of that the track, is very true. and it wouldn't surprise me if, for example, the Red Bulls were probably quicker here as well. I've, again, I've not, I've not dissected every sector time against everybody else's but i'd imagine that the reason the red bulls and the mclaren was getting up there was the really good chassis that both cars have got um which i don't think anyone really thought about coming into the weekend because we were all banking on like sort of hamilton getting away with this one fairly easily because of the two huge straights that you've got yeah but it is quite a, a high speed sector in the middle that the guys with a good downforce and the good chassis would probably yeah. have benefited from a lot more. Yeah. And that long wheelbase Mercedes would probably have struggled more than the others. It's it's a lot like Barcelona, I think, in a lot of ways, isn't it, in mm. that regard? It's got that long, long, str- the long straights, but then a very, very high downforce sort of yeah. section in the middle, which is... Yeah. yeah. Well, the, the first sector is basically um, China. Because I think... Yeah. It, <laughs> it is basically the same thing. It's like it? the Just... first one, two, three, four... Four, five. I think the first six corners are pretty much the same yeah. as China, which I, I think they were Tilka's first two F1 tracks as well. So, ah, there you go. <laughs> Read into that what you will. Yeah, it's, I, I don't really like turn one of uh, uh, this uh, this circuit just because of the way it pinches you so. It's it, just like China; it pinches them all together so much. It, I'm amazed there yeah. weren't more accidents. Yeah, I, races. it seems designed for lap one incidents, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is obviously. Not, not well. Some people love it. I'm, I'm not a big fan of that. I prefer <laughs> racing, but anyway, um, yeah. So that's that's qualifying. Um, who else did we have? Uh, let me just go through the lineup for the race. So we had Hamilton on pole, Raikkonen second, Verstappen third, Ricardo fourth, Bottas fifth, Ocon sixth, uh, Van Dorn, Hulkenberg, Perez, and Alonso ran out the top ten. Um, onto the race. So before anyone even got to the grid, Ferrari was suffering yet more trouble. It's another turbo as well. Which yeah, another turbo. Not, yeah. not the same problem as what Vettel was having, as far as I'm aware. So they're not directly yeah, related I think to each other, but it's interesting to have two turbo problems in the same weekend with the same I think team. Raikkonen's was the actual turbo he had problems with, whereas yeah. Vettel's was like some ancillary thing. Mm. It's... um. It's just not. You, that's not how you win championships, is it? It's no, no, definitely if, not. I mean, Ferrari probably should have won. They definitely should have won Singapore, maybe even one two, and they probably should have walked to one two here as well. And they've come away with one fourth place across both yeah. cars. Yeah, exactly it's- that. That was the the sort of um, point that I was gonna come across to is how many points is fourth now? Is it something like fifteen? Yeah, I think so. Fourth is twelve points. Third is fifteen. 
So 12, 12 points. 12 points from four cars across two races for wow. a championship yeah. challenging team. Put just put in, that in perspective. At tracks that they should have done well at as well. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Where they should be taking maximum points in theory. And at a time when tracks. Mercedes are looking kind of shaky. Like yeah. Mercedes haven't really been on it for the last couple of races. Mm. Yeah. Which is going to be really interesting to see where, what, how they do in Japan. Yeah, which on paper yeah. should be a Mercedes circuit. Yeah, on paper. But they said that about Malaysia and look where they are. Yep. Um, so, good starts for, for the front four. Um, Bottas almost beats the two Red Bulls to, into turn two, but Verstappen holds him off crucially, and uh, sets about hunting down Hamilton. It's um, uh, I I know it's slightly different being towards front, being the middle of the pack, but it is very telling when drivers like Bottas and Verstappen and Ricardo can go side by side, and everything's fine, and then you look further back down the grid and you have people bouncing off each other when they're trying to go side yeah. by side. Yeah, well is- that. Case it's the reason point. that they end up in the big teams, though, isn't it, as well? Because yeah. they're the ones that generally will make it through that mess in, yeah, the totally. lower, in the lower teams. Yeah, which is a case in point where we saw uh, the Force Indias narrowly avoiding each other, Perez <laughs> pinching Ocon um, and nudging him, well, not, not nudging him, but pushing him wide enough this that is a pretty he solid collided. Hit, yeah, it was a solid hit from Ocon into Massa, giving Ocon a puncture, um, which I'm sure Ocon would, Ocon would have been very happy about. <laughs> um, Van Dorn had a good start. He t- he overtook Ocon, um, and he was fifth by turn two. Yeah, he had a great start. Yeah, yeah. he had an absolute blind result. And so did Bottas. Bottas had a cracking yeah, start. Yeah, they both the went on the outside, didn't they, actually? Yeah, yeah, the way he, sw- he was on the inside and he just swung it out. He must have winced as he swung it out yeah. around the outside because, of the Red Bulls. Because I think because of the way the tarback's been laid there and the grandstands and stuff, there was very much a dry side and a slightly damp side. Yeah. So everyone off the start all tried to find the way to the inside. So, yeah, yeah they was like, well, if everyone's got the inside, I'll just swing out wide and go in the outside of you yeah. all then. which while we're on the subject of one half of the track being dry and another half being damp um, Force India complained to the stewards about people did you see this Force India yes. complained about people drying their grid spots which is actually not allowed they were right to complain about it and it's I'm very a bit outraged illegal. I'm, I'm amazed yeah. they got away with that honestly I can't yeah. believe they got away with it McLaren were at it I think pretty much everyone except Force India were doing it Um and how they did, how they got away with that, I don't know. Maybe they saw everyone doing it and just thought, what can we do? <laughs> <laughs> but um, anyway. I guess Vettel's... with all the Riken and chaos going on, they were probably a bit preoccupied, weren't they? Yeah, probably, yeah. They were probably, probably people down in the Ferrari garage making sure they weren't doing anything naughty. <laughs> um, well, probably not actually knowing FIA. Uh, so Vettel starts speaking of Ferrari Vettel starts from the back of the grid and he took three positions off the start himself almost getting his nose chopped off by a Toro Rosso halfway around turn one yeah Um, he had to take to the curbs but he escaped unscathed just about and he's in 11th by the end of lap three behind Alonso pretty solid lap one yeah very good lap one Um, he was held up by Alonso until lap eight surprising I think he was quite yeah. cautious all race, actually. I think he took mm. a few risks on lap one, and then he kept it very cautious for the rest of the yeah. race, which, in a championship fight, you kind of have to do sometimes. 
Yeah, especially when he was lucky really not to be taken out really early on, I thought, because yeah. there was a lot yeah. of sort of, I mean, just that turn one, it just lends, like we said, it lends itself to incidents. So you do just do not want to be anywhere near the middle to back of the grid, do you? Um, I no, thought really. it'd be. I thought it would have been a much more careful, but champions drive. You know, he was. He was. He was a good. Is uh, a good racer, and he did what he had to do to get himself into yeah. the position. Um, lap nine was when we saw Ricardo and Bottas racing for third for a whole sequence of corners. Um, yeah, Ricardo, that was an awesome little duel. Yeah, yeah. Ricardo eventually emerging the victor after some really close, highly skilled racing again. This is why these guys are in the best teams because they're the ones who can race with each other and yeah. not take each other out. Yeah, which we saw other drivers doing multiple times. Yeah. Um, uh, so yeah, can't help noticing that you've missed uh, lap four here. Lap four. Lap four. When uh, uh, when um, Verstappen took the lead. Yeah. Oh yeah, where have I got that? <laughs> have I not got that? It just it just magic magically happens. <laughs> We've we skipped just- it. We've casually missed that over the notes. Oh, yeah. Whoops. The conspiracy <laughs> theorists will have us for this one. Oh, dear. Yeah, so lap four, obviously. What? I'm sure I put... Sure I put that <laughs> oh, anyway. Um, yeah, lap four, Verstappen, solid move on Hamilton. Really good yeah. move. Uh, there was, Hamilton didn't have an answer for it, did he? It was Why just... I think Hamilton made it very easy for him, to be honest. Do you reckon? It, he, he basically said afterwards that he didn't he decided not to fight it very hard because he knew he was in a slower car and it was probably a bit inevitable at that point and in in the position he was in he didn't think it was worth taking many risks on that's a a point in case though of being in a, a championship position now yeah because yeah any day of the week you would take second over a dnf especially when your prime rivals starting at the back and he's having to fight his way through the entire pack. Yeah. Sure, he ended up somewhere half decent by the end of it, but to me, that's the the bigger sense that Vettel didn't have at Singapore. Yeah, So absolutely. Hamilton had the sense there, I'm not going to fight this that yeah. hard because I'll take second and take those points, whereas Vettel was thinking, oh my God, they're coming at me, I've got to defend, and yeah, it ended yeah. in chaos for him. And I think... That those two races and those two decisions between those two drivers could have ultimately decided this championship potentially. I think they're probably at this will. point now. They are championship defining moments, aren't they? Those yeah. two. Yeah. I mean, in a yeah, when you've got someone like Verstappen as well, who famously takes no prisoners. We know he's only yeah. doing race by race mm-hmm. at the moment. Hamilton yeah. knows he's got probably the third best car. He was having D rates as well at that point. Mm. it's the difference between a, a driver who's got absolutely nothing to lose at this point in the season and a driver who's got everything to lose yeah exactly season. and yeah that's why that's that'll be why you made it easy for him um so yeah so sorry about that almost missed <laughs> that one off but uh we, we got there we got through it so getting back to later on in the race um after pitting early for a puncture this is a, this is a really interesting little story i think inside this race so we've got ocon and um and an incident with him and Sainz. So what happened with Ocon was he had to pit really, really early, and he came out in 19th, and he wor- he'd worked his way all the way back up to 9th. And on around lap 24, he made a move on Sainz, who gave him a bit of a nudge on his way past, which I don't think was necessary. Um, it's a bit clumsy, wasn't it, that? Yeah, it's really clumsy. He spun him round, and it dropped him down to 12th, and it really wrecked his race. 
Um, Ocon would eventually recover to tenth, and uh, having run nineteenth early on in the in the race, that's a hell of a result for yeah. Force mm. India, I'd say. Um, and science a few laps later become the only retirement of the race. Um, the really interesting thing that happened with it was Franz Tost came on, was on the radio to Sky at the, yeah. to the Sky commentary <laughs> yeah. at the time it happened, and I'm pretty sure I heard him call Lock on a. B- <laughs> 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 he had a go at Grosjean at one point as well, didn't he? Did you hear that? I didn't hear that bit. No, <laughs> they um, Grosjean had been on the radio moaning about one of the Force India drivers. I can't remember exactly why. Um, and David Croft was like, oh, Grosjean said so-and-so. And he just went, ah, oh, Grosjean's always moaning. I don't care what he's got to say. <laughs> yeah, not, Franz Toss not doing much for his broadcasting career. He does not take any prisoners. <laughs> <laughs> the, the interesting thing with the um, Ocon Science thing is, this is me working from memory here from Sunday, so it's a little rusty, but it was into turn one, was it not? Yeah. Yes, Now, it was. from my memory... Ocon had gone round the outside of Sainz and was at least half a car in front of him because the more contact was... Yeah, mm-hmm. more than. It, the contact was Ocon's rear right with Sainz's left front and that was the contact. And then obviously the motion of the two wheels is kind of what kicked Ocon's rear yeah. end up and round. Yeah. Now, am I not right in saying that in the rules that, you know, if he's, if he's in that position, Sainz... Should really be backing out and letting Ocon, but then Ocon should also be giving enough room on the inside for science. So I, I don't know. It's fifty-fifty, was, isn't it? I there was loads of room. There was yeah. absolutely acres of room on the inside. He just didn't turn in early enough. No, he deliberately tried to push him further wide. He made a mistake and he hit him. I think he went That's, down as a racing incident, yeah. which is yeah. probably just about fair. But yeah, well, you don't want to give him too, dishing out too many penalties. I'm not interested no. in seeing a penalty being given for it. I just, you know, I'm trying to identify. I mean, if you look at what um, Rosberg got a penalty for this race last year, there was far worse than that going on this year with nothing from the stewards. This is the first year of the leniency in it is, yeah, and isn't it? Which is why I think we didn't see any blame for Singapore because. Yeah, definitely. In previous years, there'd have been a finger pointed, and I think in previous years, science would have probably got, you know, a five-second stop, go a, a pit stop, or a, maybe even a drive-through or something for for hitting mm. on the way that he did. But in this new age of leniency, um, which is, it, you know, it's fine by me, but I think if yeah, people for are, are, are genuinely trying to take somebody out, it becomes a wholly different matter. Yeah, yeah well, that's a that's a really serious matter isn't yeah. it if you deliberately take someone out then obviously that's you, there should obviously you need to be penalized for that yeah. probably science wasn't deliberately trying to do him i think he was just overly zealous with his defending and maybe expected probably expected a little bit more room and so decided to give him as little yeah. room as possible yeah. but that little amount of room wasn't enough room to give him and therein lies the mistake um yeah so that's that little that was that little story. By lap 26, Vettel had caught the struggling Bottas and had a go at him, um, but eventually he undercut him in the pits. And it was a nice little battle, but he undercut him in the pits and began looking like a threat to the top two, uh, which was Hamilton in second and Ricardo in third at that yeah, point. Yeah, um, he was looking a lot like he'd be challenging for a podium by that point, wasn't it? Yeah, he really was. He, and he wasn't that far off. But on lap 49, he had a really good go at Ricardo, but after some... 
I would say, fairly staunch defending. He was on the on line. Uh, Ricardo's part. <laughs> <laughs> um, he managed to keep him back and forth, and he stayed there having cooked his tyres. So I think he was. Um, the I think someone said after the race that he was like extremely limited on fuel by that point. That's why you had you had them on the radio oh, really? saying you've got to have a go at him now. I think basically that was his one shot and then he had to back right off because of... Uh, yeah. There's, there's also the, the the factor as well out of you can't keep fighting like that in that scenario. If Ricardo is going to be that adamant at defend, defending, yeah. it's another one of those scenarios of maybe it's best to take what you've got kind of thing, especially when you are limited on fuel and limited on tyres because I of imagine, strategy. Yeah. I imagine a lot of teams were struggling on fuel actually because there's a pretty high rate of safety cars there um, but we had none yeah. this weekend did we no, very true. yeah no safety cars it's a very clean race actually and the only retirement that we did have was Sainz who had yeah. a, his own engine issue yeah um, I don't know did, did anyone find out what his engine issue engine issue I've was I've not heard anything no unfortunately no. I have not checked since the end of the race so I don't know for no. definite what it was um, but yeah that was the only retirement the only retirement in the race proper obviously was Raikkonen's yeah. retirement before they'd even started racing because that went down as did not start yeah. um verstappen absolutely dominated <clears throat> this race once he got past hamilton hamilton just had yeah it's not looking back him. was there no um and it must leave mercedes very worried that as well because they I, I my own opinion is that i think the rebels would have won it if they'd if verstappen had got ahead of um, Raikkonen off the start I think he would have beat Raikkonen as well yeah I think he'd have got past Raikkonen at some point during the race yeah I'll yeah I'll be honest with you that's what yeah, I'm saying man. well like, um, he's quicker apparently Mercedes reckoned that in, under race pace um, I think it was the Red Bulls were five tenths quicker than them and Ferrari were seven or eight tenths quicker than them so by their calculations Ferrari should have been the faster car but yeah like that Red Bull was really really on it yeah and when you've got a, a certain Max Verstappen doing yeah, his I mean, thing yeah I mean yeah then again I, Ricardo couldn't stick with Hamilton so that's true hard to say for sure mm. it's it's a shame it's almost a shame that um that well it's a massive shame I think that uh that Vettel had his uh trouble in qualifying because I think it would have been a bit it would have been a right ding dong. And that Raikkonen wasn't starting at the front of the grid like he should have been. Yeah. yeah. I think I think yeah. those two in the mix with everybody else would like we we're potentially looking at there a six way fight. Yeah. Realistically. Yeah, possibly. Like, you know, I know Bottas was a little bit off the rest of them, but generally speaking, it was a six way fight. Yeah. I, I think we've got to a point in the season now where those top three cars are a bit more converged than they have been in, mm. in previous years now so definitely Red Bull are going to be sort of asking questions of the top two over the next few races it's going to have a quite a big probably have a bearing over the championship for probably I mean if you're Ferrari that's really bad news isn't it because you, you're not only racing Mercedes anymore you're now racing Red Bull as well there's yeah. just then more again, cars to come between you and that top if spot Ferrari, if Ferrari can stay as the fastest car then that might mean Red Bull dropping in between them and Mercedes, which means all of Ferrari's gains are going to be that much bigger. Yeah, there's still absolutely plenty to play for, isn't there? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's, I, it's I think certainly not over. Right now, it looks like it's Hamilton. Hamilton should be cruising home for this title, but based on how this season's gone so far, I yeah. suspect that won't be the case. 
Did you know this is Ferrari's first run of unreliability all season? Mm. Yeah, actually, that makes I'm sense, I guess. I'm pretty sure that they've not had any failures up until now. It's been accidents, but no mechanicals yeah. from memory. Yeah. It's definitely been a more reliable engine than the Mercedes has. Uh, yeah, so Hamilton's tightened his grip on the championship. Yeah, he's got 34 points. Uh, Verstappen absolutely dominated. Um, Ricardo finished third. Vettel four, five seconds back in fourth. Um, and Bottas behind him in fifth. Perez, Van Dorn, Stroll, Massa and Ocon round out your top ten for the race. No and double points for Force India. Yeah, really, really good mm. good result for Force India. And for Williams as well, which is weird to say yeah. for some reason this yeah. year. Yeah, yeah. Well, it almost wasn't a double points finish for uh, Williams, and it they almost tried be- hard. <laughs> tried hard not to score points in both their cars. Yeah. Um, which oh, I, I can't believe I'm even saying this, but Stroll after the race, uh, did Stroll go into Vettel or did Vettel go well, into Stroll? That's what I, I would imagine. I I'm still not one hundred percent sure of the entire context of this because. Vettel had finished and was on his cooldown lap, but yeah. was Stroll still racing? No, they were, they were both on cooldown. They laps. were both yeah, on cooldown. Yeah, so it was cool. completely after. Lap, yeah. So he's finished on the lead lap, fine. Yeah. In fact, did, oh, no, did he no, it was No, it wasn't. Perez was the only one on the lead lap. So this is my point. Now, if if Vettel is finishing on a cooldown lap and technically speaking, Stroll is still racing, Surely it should be Vettel heeding way to anybody else on that lap, if that's the no, scenario. No, it I depends think, on when this it is, happened. This is, this is the lap after that. This is the lap this after that. This is definitely finished, both on the cooldown lap then. It can't yeah. be, because I think Vettel. Mathematically, that won't be possible. I think Vettel only laps Stroll on the last or last but one right. lap. So he actually finished not that far behind him on the yeah. road. Then I think Vettel, because of his fuel situation, had to back right off. So he ended up behind him again. Yeah. Yeah, I mean from the onboard it sort of looks like it kind of looks like Stroll wasn't really paying attention and just kind of drifted from one side of the track to the mm. other. That being said, there was no need for Vettel to be passing him as close as yeah, he did. This is the thing, everyone's pointing the finger at Stroll and I, it felt to me like Vettel was way too close to him. I just think neither of them were really painful as Yeah, engine. yeah. They it weren't was, switched on. It was and really what? stupid. What a mess he made of the car as well. Oh. Yeah, he really did. Considering it, that was like a relatively low speed yeah. impact. It looked like a dog cocking its leg, that Ferrari. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely crazy. And obviously that has implications for his gearbox as well, because if you rag yeah. a drive shaft out of a gearbox like that, you're probably... It uh, certainly looks like it. Yeah, it's probably rounded a couple of gears in the process. So The, the other interesting thing about all of it is his um, his actions afterwards, because... Riding back on the side of Verline Sauber is probably a disciplinary mm. hearing waiting to happen. And then also removing his wheel from the car and taking it with him is yeah. probably another one. Because I'm I'm not sure if there's still any regulations in place about you must not sit on the side pod of another car. Well, but there's definitely one in place that says upon leaving your vehicle, you must reattach the wheel. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah. I've not heard any explanation as to why he took his steering wheel with him. Well, his his reasoning for it was that he he'd fully he'd put the full lock on the steering and then couldn't 
get his steering wheel back in the right way and he was worried he knows they let people onto the track sometimes and especially with it being the last race at Malaysia so he thought oh, I'd better take the wheel with me because it's the only loose component of the car but just, he didn't want to leave it mm, loose in the car for someone to pick up the car the medical car was there the, the medical car was right was behind there close enough and quick enough so why not just wait with the car like you would in any other scenario yeah well, the stewards were going to, always going to show up and take it away before they opened the truck anyway. They're not going to just open the truck with a car still on it, are they? They're not thick. No. Yeah, that's weird. On the um, hitching a ride thing, I'm, I think we can safely say now that that's not a thing they'll get a penalty for anymore because not only was it not mentioned, uh, F1 have now put a video of it on their YouTube channel <laughs> as a look at this thing that happened. So I'm pretty yeah. sure that's now not a problem for them anymore. Did you yeah. see uh, Pascal Verlein's tweet afterwards at all? Uh, I don't think I saw his. <laughs> he tweeted a picture of uh, Vettel riding on the side of the car and he says, who do I send the taxi fees to? <laughs> and <just laughs> like, like tagged I'd... Ferrari and, and whoever else in it. Uh, I did see someone mocked up a, an Uber screenshot that said, your driver, Pascal, is now arriving. <laughs> <laughs> you a... know what? Yes. That was literally my Photoshop I was thinking to do for this. <laughs> oh, stolen. Stolen. Damn it. Never mind. Okay, we'll think of another one. Um, so, move of the day, guys. Who do you think? Move of the day. There's only one, really, for me, I think. Yeah. Um, it was Ricardo on Bottas through turn one, two, three, and four, I think it was. Yeah. Five, and, and, six, seven. Yeah, I'm going to say <laughs> Bottas was still on his heels through five and six and down to seven. So Yeah. But yeah, I can't yeah. I can't dispute that. There, there were a couple of other decent moves, such as you know Max taking the lead, but then uh, you know Lewis didn't really fight it, so I don't yeah, think he can was be a contender that. for yeah. that. So um, it, for me, it'd have to be Ricardo with Bottas. Cool. Yeah, I'm with you on that one as well, wholeheartedly. That was uh, definitely my favorite. I was on the edge of my seat, mouth wide open, gobsmacked yeah. when that was happening. It was awesome. Uh, driver of the day. <laughs> so I said this earlier. I I've come up with four different nominations for this i can see yeah <laughs> yes. so obviously verstappen um was just a commanding drive like yeah his his first win it up to a point he kind of inherited it because of the mercedes taking each other out whereas this was just very much a earned win i've seen a few yeah. say verstappen won on merit now yeah today, absolutely which is which is fair in it like you say you know he was in essence gifted catalonian last year so yeah i can see um that. vettel got the official one um again you can see that <laughs> decent comeback yeah. drive mm. and he's and he's more popular i suppose isn't he in being in contention with the, for the championship and being a often driver, feels yeah yeah often feels to me like a bit of a popularity contest the uh <laughs> well the i did the see from the fia Someone on Twitter, when Verstappen took the lead, they said, um, get in your Drive of the Day votes now, and it was the the voting screen with just his picture on every single voting slot because <laughs> he wins it so often. <laughs> um, I'm more interested, though, in uh, Perez and Van Dorn. Uh, Van Dorn, despite Alonso having new aero parts in his car, Van Dorn out-qualified him. Um yep fifth by turn one and he only lost places to Vettel and Perez throughout the race um, mm. he said himself he thinks it was his best race in Formula 1 mm. um, really solid drive um, and then Perez who was sort of best the rest behind Mercedes and uh, Red Bull and Ferrari uh, had been ill all weekend vomiting all over the place he was actually on a drip the night <laughs> before the race 
Yeah. I don't know if you saw his interview after the race, but he was just white as a sheet. Oh, really? Yeah, at various points of the weekend, he nearly pulled out and he kept sort of going. So he's at the very least worth an honourable mention for (laughs) completing the hardest physical race of the season. Yeah, I was just going to... You know what? This is probably the toughest race of the season on the body as well. So blimey, that was... yeah. Tried to kill him. Well, my shortlist yeah, was Perez and Van Dorn. So, I th- to me, I think it's between those two and let's not go with yeah. the establishment. Yeah. I th- for me, it's I'm... honorable mention for Perez, but I'm going to go Van Dorn. I am going to go Perez because he was also running fourth at one point in the race during, around the pit stop times. He... Yeah. yeah. He was so, the only uh... man on the lead lap other than the um, usual suspects as well. The best yeah. of the rest, as we usually refer to them. Oh, that means I've decided to vote between Perez and Van Dorn, it doesn't does. it? Um, oh. Unless you, you you could go fully sort of left field and just... Uh, Jolly and Palmer. <laughs> <laughs> Palmer yeah. who spun twice in three corners, I think, at one point. Let's oh. not talk about that. The less said, the better. Um, <laughs> I think I'm going to go with Van Dorn because the Force India is a better car and more expected to be able to do those kind of things. So That's fair. Um, and to be so much better than Alonso, I think, in a weekend yeah. is something in itself. So I'm going to go with Van Dorn and send it that way. That's true. You know what? You've just swayed me onto Van Dorn, actually. <laughs> to to be beat Alonso. Yeah, to, to beat Alonso. There we go. It's sort uh, of become unanimous. It did. It's, it has, we've engineered unanimity. <laughs> <laughs> is that a word? Um, is no. What the heck are we doing here? Honestly, what the f- are we doing here? Stroll hitting Vettel has got to be. I think it's only. Yeah, it's the only. I think that's the the mother of all. What the heck are we doing here? Is it's just how do you how are we ever going to beat that? I don't know. No matter what happens during a race, now it can never be a crash after the race is finished. (laughs) Like, that's just on a whole other level. Yeah, I I just couldn't believe my eyes. I honestly, what are we doing here? Well, (laughs) the moment that I had joy in um, for added reasons is I'm pretty sure on the radio Vettel pops up and says honestly what is Stroll doing <laughs> or something to that effect and it was so close to being the same quote again and I was just thinking please say it please say it <laughs> <laughs> oh I also while we're talking of driver quotes I always also want to mention um, when Vettel was lapping Alonso Alonso kept behind him for a couple of corners um, and Vettel had a bit of a moan um, oh yeah! After the race, I think it was Sky interviewing Alonso said, told him that uh, <laughs> Vettel had been moaning about uh, trying to lap him. Like, what do you think about that? And Alonso just said, "Blue flags, blue flags, <laughs> <laughs> blue flag, blue flag." Don't quote that song. Funny. Don't do that. No, oh, not again. Set me off on that again. <laughs> um, okay, so that's it. That's the race. That's my um, Should probably do predictions. I think predictions league. Shall we do that? Yeah, I'll um, I'll let you have a breather for a minute if you want. Um, okay. To be fair, Predictions League is quite easy to go through this week. Cause it's a very sparse <laughs> board. Um, amazingly, nobody said Verstappen for a race win. Yeah. Yes, they did. Yes, they did. I can see it right there, and you've not highlighted it. That's fastest qualifying. Oh, no, that's sir. qualifying. That's oh, qualifiers. my bad. My bad as well. Get overexcited. <laughs> So yeah, nobody said Verstappen for a race win. Um, there was Hamilton's, Vettel's, there was even a Raikkonen and a Ricardo, but no, um, 
no max. So there were no points scored for the win itself. Um, a lot of people said Hamilton for fastest qualifier, though. And by a lot, I mean most of us. Um, I'll give mentions to those who didn't, which is Paul Kelso with the Vettel, <laughs> uh, Anders Varda from uh, Facebook with the Verstappen, and That's Life with a Vettel. Um, again, with a low DNF count, nobody got the first DNF. It was officially science. Nobody said Raikkonen, but even if you had said Raikkonen, Raikkonen was a did not start. And to fail, you must first start. <laughs> or to DNF, you must first start. Which he did not. Um, amazingly, I saw a lot of Alonzos this weekend. Yeah, quite a lot of Alonzos. And I was quite surprised yeah. going through it how many people said Alonzo. Um, two people originally said Kvyat and got their votes swapped to Gasly, yourself included, Chris. Yep, but through Red Bull style. Yeah, nobody got anywhere near first DNF, so no points there either. Um, one person was correct with number of finishes, and that was Gina from Twitter with 18 exactly, which was spot well on. Done. Um, I nearly gave a couple of people half point for 17 before realising she was spot on with that one. <laughs> and then uh, Random Driver, literally nobody thought Van Dorn would finish in the points um, except one Ika Setuati, who said 10th, yep. which was closest, earning her half a point. Served us all right for having no faith in Van Dorn, clearly. Mm. Yeah. Good work, Ika. Getting some points. Rough week, though. Rough it week. has been a rough We've week. Had a couple of rough week. weeks, actually. Uh, yeah. There's a few people scored nothing at all, um, notice, notably those I'd already mentioned that didn't get the pull sitter right, um, mainly because that's the point where everybody else <laughs> did score. So <laughs> the league's not changed that much. The noticeable difference is that uh, Gina goes from being down at the bottom with half a point, uh, she leaps above Simon from a mid-one, Henrik Lindoff, Anders Varda, uh, Joe versus Gaming, and newcomer... Eric Richardson to whatever position that makes her with two and a half. <laughs> um, I'll give a full rundown just from the bottom up. So we've got Joe versus Gaming on a, on a half a point. Uh, Eric Richardson, as mentioned, on his debut scores a point. Uh, Anders Varda stays on one point. Henrik Lindoff got a point for two. Uh, Simon at a mid one went up a point to two. Gino, as we said, went up to two and a half. Uh, Faster than you, 14, went up to five. Tom from anywhere but here went up to seven. Uh, Ika went from 10.5 to 12. Craig Mitchell earned a point, taking him to 14. Paul Kelsall didn't earn any points, keeping him on 15, so Craig's slowly closing that gap. Uh, That's Life didn't earn any points either, so they stay on 18.5. Chris pulls away from them slightly from 19 to 20. Stu pulls away from him slightly from 20 to 21, or maintains the gap, probably, yeah. not pull away. And I, Whoa. again, maintain the gap at the top from <laughs> 24 to 25. Whew. It is very it's a grim week for the three of us. Um, Gina, you are ninth, if you were wondering. Thanks for counting that while I read everything out. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, so we so we need to make some predictions for next week. We do we, indeed. Already? Yes, yeah, coming thick and fast now. Yeah, getting to the business end. Yeah, five races so. left. We have now. Yep, that's right. We've got Japan, uh, Mexico, USA. Brazil and Abu Dhabi. Wow. Oh. Off the top of my head, that. Be all over before we know it. Yeah. And then what we yeah. will talk about well, on Monday nights. Ugh, who knows? Formula E. Formula E. <laughs> Formula, Formula E, yeah. Which is that started testing today, actually. Yeah. Yeah. So just in time. Uh, right. So, fastest qualifier, Chris. 
fastest qualifier. So last year it was Rosberg. Um, it's got to be Hamilton, hasn't it? He's got a pretty decent it's record there. Be, yeah, he's got a very decent record. It was uh, it was only a couple of hundreds off. Well, well, it was one and a half hundreds off pole last year, so I think it's safe to say. He'll yeah, be, that'll do. Uh, especially based on his performance. I'm going to go... Uh, Hamilton as well. I'm, I'm sure you are, Tom. Um, Ooh. yes, I am. Yeah, I mean, you'd be you'd be crazy not to. I think, mm-hmm. uh, Tom, who's gonna win? Um, I that think is a trickier question. This is the much that harder much question, question in the grand scheme of things, and I am going to go with Sebastian Vettel. Ah, now. Uh, I want to go for Vettel as well, but I don't want to make the same predictions as you because I'd like to catch you at some point. <laughs> so I am going to say Hamilton for the win as well. Chris? I think this, this is one of the few tracks that on paper is very much a Mercedes track, so I'm going to stick Hamilton for the, the win as well. Ham for the win as well. Double ham. Double Ham and Vettel sandwich. <laughs> um... <laughs> Someone will get that. Uh, <laughs> first DNF. Uh, it's my turn to go first, and I am going to say, who was the first DNF last year? There weren't any. Oh, there were any. Well, in that case, what? I... Out of interest, can we pick no one for this? We've never thought about that, have we? That's a very good point. What happens if no one? Fi- because with no, there just no one gets a point if no one if no one. I guess retires, so. Then, then no one's correct, are they? So yeah, but could I right say no point. one, and then if nobody retires, get my point? That's the big question. Because if you, well, you could, yeah. I don't see why not. There you go. It, it's been the rule has been drawn. Is that nobody? Is that what you're saying? No, no. I'm just. I'm wondering if oh, I can. Well, <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. Who are we gonna have? Who shall I have for? First retirement. Um, you could even have like the um, Formula Four race in Malaysia this weekend. Nobody for the winner because every car <laughs> ran out of fuel. Yeah, <laughs> yes. that was absolute. Did, did you did you find, did you hear why that happened? Yes, it was a horrible miscalculation. I think wasn't it? Yeah, they ran both races back to back without putting the cars in the garage again. So they they fueled them for two races, um, but it meant that there wasn't. They used up most of the fuel in the first race <laughs> the second race I think they had like four laps to go when the the, the final car retired <laughs> from the race absolutely ridiculous anyway um, who will be the first to retire from this race I think it will be uh, oh it's so hard I'm going to say Grosjean uh, who's Tom it's no one. Ah, oh, I'm going to risk it. it. I'm going to risk it. I feel right when we're so annoyed. Yeah, I am as well. Chris, first DNF. Let's go with. I'm gonna go for Magnuson. Magnuson, right? I've written nobody in uh, Tom's um, category, but actually, I'm gonna take away the Y, D, and O. From there, so it just reads knob. Um, <laughs> Stick with uh, the um, TLAs. <laughs> how many? How many people are going to finish, Chris? I'm going to go for 
Four? 18. <laughs> no. No. <laughs> no, no finishers. Zero. Um, 18. 18. 18. Uh, Tom, are you going to hedge your bets? I am or? not hedging my bets. I'm going for the miracle of all clean sweeps and saying 20. Wow. 20. Do you know what? If this pulls off and is the clean sweep of oh. the season, I will be so happy. And to be honest, for being that bold, I'll not even be upset if I don't get any points next week. Actually, no, it depends yeah. how many do you get. So, uh, yeah, well, this is this is my chance to catch you, yeah. I think. So, number of finishers, I'm going to go... We're, we're getting better. We're getting more and more finishers as the season goes on. We started with a very, very low number on average, and that's steadily... Mm. These last few races started to build. So, I think the safest number is probably 18 finishers. To think about it as well, if Raikkonen had started, he would have likely finished, meaning probably 19 finishers last race had yeah. he started. So. That's true. But in order to finish, you have to start. Correct. As a famous man once said. Um, for that famous man being Tom King. Uh, <laughs> random driver, Chris. So here's a question. We... Oh. Do we do a random driver as normal? Or do we, as we have a sort of special guest driver at the moment, uh, go for Pierre Gasly? If we do go for Gasly this week, it means there's even less chance of Hamilton or Vettel coming out as a random driver before the end of the season, of course. I think for the opportunity for, for, to, to to keep the stakes high and to give people the opportunity to have a clean sweep, I think we should just keep it, keep doing the random thing. Here's right. what I'm going to do. Is Gasly in the mix for the randoms? That's what I'm going to do yeah, right now. Make sure yeah, he's add Gasly to the, the bottom of the list. Yeah, and if he comes out, then that's absolutely okay. Fair enough. Gasly's on the list. We've already had Danny K this year, haven't we? We have, yeah. We generate our number. <laughs> is it Gasly? Oh, it's Gasly. It is, yeah. <laughs> That's unbelievable. Oh, you couldn't write it. That unbelievable. Was a, that was a genuinely <laughs> random well, generation. Well, settles that, doesn't it? Uh, who's, Meant to be. Who, who's first? Chris, you go first, mate. Where's he going to go? God, of okay. So where did he come in Malaysia? He came 14. It was indeed. Yeah, it's respectable. He knows Suzuka very well. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go for 13th. 13th. Slight, Slight improvement. 13th. I'm going to go 11th. Ooh, bigger improvement. Oh, and my gut reaction was to be 12th, so I'm going to sit right in the middle. There you go. Oh, look at that. Another sandwich. <laughs> Uh, that's it. That's all of them. That's all the predictions. Yeah. And we've, we've, I think we're pretty much on the on the bubble there, guys. Just yeah. on the note of predictions, just briefly, we made some long-term predictions a little while back. Um, we did, yes. Oh, yeah, we did. Now, one was about Danny Kvyat getting his race ban. Unfortunately, he's now not racing, so that's become null and void, I think. Yeah, it's a shame. The torpedo because sweepstakes are over. The torpedo sweepstake is over, unfortunately. I did say you'd be gone by Malaysia. We did. We did say that. Uh, in um, a way. Technically, we right. do win the Torpedo Sweet Sticks in a way, but... Well, he was... No, no, you... no you're right. Damn. Ab- that's what I said. That's what I said. Yeah. I said, be gone by Malaysia. Call me Eddie Jordan. <laughs> <laughs> um, Don't. The other predictions were made. <laughs> Stews went up in flames almost instantly because it was before Spa yeah. during the summer break we did this. And you said... Palmer would be replaced by um, Robert Kubica in Spa. That didn't happen. 
Uh, Chris, you said Verstappen would not win again. Neither would Raikkonen, and but uh, sorry, but Bottas and Ricardo would win again. Unfortunately, well, Verstappen has won, so that has ended yours. And I claimed Palmer would score at least two points by the end of the season, which he did. Oh, oh yeah, what a surprise! So, <laughs> good job. I just think we should make some more long-term predictions for the last leg of the season between now and the end. Now that those are all done and dusted, some long, okay, long um, predictions. Put you on the spot. Let's see what's going to happen between now and the end of the season. You put us right on the spot, indeed. There, Tom. Uh, I think it will be a very close. Can I? This is probably my prediction, actually. I'm going to say the points gap will end much closer than it is now. Do you want to That's put a figure prediction. on that? Yeah, we need we need a figure on that. We can't just have much closer. Well, all right, the gap. I think the gap will be less than ten points. I was I was going to try and pin you to that, but yeah, ten points. So the the gap for the title winner will be ten points or less. Yeah, that's my prediction. Okay, anything from you, Chris? I think I think Kvyat will score points on his return race. Ooh, which could be America. Yes, because should be America. It, if he returns, it, this all depends. Now, this is where I go completely opposite to you, which is ah. Red Bull will persuade Gasly to stay in the Toro Rosso seat instead of going back to Super Formula in. Japan. Even though he's half a point off the championship leader, yeah, going into the last race, yeah, interesting. Because the interesting. ultimate goal is F one. Remember, I mean, yeah, it's true. Depend. It really it, that that for me really depends on what he does this weekend in Japan. I think. Yeah. If he, for, for example, scores some half decent points, it'll ruin all our predictions. However, it may mean they try and get him to stay. Yeah, quite possibly. So, but yeah, I'm going to go the opposite way to you. So you think Kvyat will come back and score points? Yep. I think that Gasly will keep the seat. Interesting. Um, if you have any other long-term predictions or you want to join in with the prediction game you can get in touch with us through Twitter at Back of the Grid F1 Facebook by searching Back of the Grid and just finding the page on there um, Instagrammers Back of the Grid or just head to the website backofthegrid.com Oh and you can find uh, me on Twitter at StupyX you can find Tom on Twitter at TomKing89 and Chris is on Twitter at TNMChris um, Yeah I think that's it is it? Yep, that's a lot, I think. Okay, so it's John is uh, next week when we talk about all the goings-on of the Japanese Grand Prix and any crazy news that comes about as a result. Um, I've been Stu Greenwood. Uh, it's goodbye from me, and it's goodbye from these two. Goodbye. Bye. <laughs> that's Tom King and Chris Evans. <laughs> people saying goodbye in case you didn't know. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> You went a bit too Ronnie's again there, didn't you? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, th- I, I think I need to make it my aim now to just make break as many rules of broadcasting <laughs> during, during each hosting session I do, and uh, that'll make the audience happy. Uh, <laughs> just just backing out of a 
the end of a podcast slowly as usual. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like that Homer Simpson gag where he, he goes he into just the backs bush. slowly into the bush. <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely been a more reliable engine than the Mercedes has. Um, did you hear that? Yeah. I did, yes. <laughs> yeah, that's kids setting off fireworks outside as usual. It's getting really boring already. And it's only just October. Since the middle of September, <laughs> that's been going on, everyone. The great yeah, of, bit of No that. matter what... Go on, go on, sorry. This podcast is part of Britpod Scene, an independent network of uniquely British podcasts that's always growing. Check out BritpodScene.com or BritpodScene on Twitter to find out more. <laughs>